Hello and welcome to Inside Your County Government, a podcast that brings you an inside look at the people and events in and around county government that shape your Charles County. I'm your host, Brent Huber. In this episode, we're going inside mobile integrated healthcare. What's that, you ask? Well, stay tuned and you will find out about this incredible program that helps our community and our delivery of emergency services. We're going inside MIH when we come back. Joining me right now are Pam Gant and Jenny Hunt from Charles County Mobile Integrated Healthcare. Welcome. Hello. Hello. So, Jenny, what is Mobile Integrated Healthcare? Mobile Integrated Healthcare is a program that the county started last August, August of 2017, where it was a combined effort. It is a combined effort between Charles County Department of Health, Charles County Department of Emergency Services, and Charles Regional Medical Center. Our primary goal is to address the needs of the community in regards to their um, to their health. Um, we want to target those individuals who frequent the emergency room and 911 system, increase the number of people who regularly see their primary care doctor um, and any specialists that they may need to see, educate them on their health conditions, health needs, um, and kind of our hopes is that we're going to cut down on the frequency of unnecessary emergency room visits that could be managed outside of the emergency department and also um, lower the 911 call frequencies for those that aren't having actual medical emergencies. Yeah, because that's kind of an important part of this is to to lessen the burden on our street providers as well as lessen the burden on the, the hospitals. Correct. So how does MIH do that with respect to emergency services? When Pam and I go out to these clients' homes, we focus a lot on education. A lot of our visits are education-driven, like we want to make sure that they know exactly what their health care needs are, what their health conditions are, the severity of those, how to manage them, try and find any barriers that may be present that is causing them the frequent use of 911 in the emergency room, see what any barriers that may be present as to why they're not going to outside resources to help manage their um, health care. So do you find that it's more education than Anything else? Absolutely. A lot of what we do is education. I can also say that this program is more of along the lines of being advocates for these individuals because oftentimes they aren't aware of the importance of their medical conditions or the severity of their medical conditions, don't have the time or really the understanding to be able to advocate for themselves. So that's what Pam and I spend a lot of time doing as well. And your function in this is you're part of the Charles County Health Department, right? Correct. So how does that integrate with MIH? So the Charles County Health Department is a place that we, they have multiple different resources within the health department, a lot of which are either free of charge or... They're available to those with Medicaid. It's just a very accessible organization for a lot of our community that oftentimes gets overlooked or overseed. We refer a lot of our clients to the health department, to the various programs, divisions that we feel like they would benefit from um, according to their individual needs. Okay. Now, this is a collaboration between the 
the Charles County Health Department and the Department of Emergency Services. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But Pam, from emergency services side, how do, how do patients, how do people get into this program? So you usually have to qualify by um, having EMS at your house for the same patient, um, six or more EMS calls or six or more visits in the emergency room within three months. The providers then recognize that there could be lack of education, medication errors, or just different things that could be obviously taught to the patient or could be a sem- something simple if they need a new doctor or transportation, if we could help out with that part. So the pro- providers notice that and they have a place in EMEDS where they do their patient care report and they can check the box, uh, get a phone number for us to contact the patient and I get a run of that every morning and then I reach out to the patient and it's a voluntary program so if the patient um, accepts it they're in our program we make an appointment to go visit them at their house. And then then the education process starts at that point, Correct. And we try to educate what's an emergency, what isn't an emergency, you know, um, and unfortunately there is a lot of sick patients that we do see so sometimes they end up having to call 911 but other times they call us, and if we can help them navigate through that so-called emergency, because in their eyes it is an emergency, but maybe in our eyes it's not, mm-hmm. or whether to calm them down or make a call to their doctor for them, we try to do that. Now, I've heard some stories about some MIH clients. Yes. <laughs> and and one of the things that, that strikes me is that there seem to be um, a large percentage of them that they didn't know where to go. They didn't know where to go or who to talk to. Some of them just need reassurance that everything's going to be okay or a phone call a day, you know, to tell, they'll ask, tell me what their blood pressure is or what their blood sugar is and is that okay or, you know, things like that. So once they're in the program, you're constantly following up with them. Yes, until they're either successfully or unsuccessfully discharged. And we don't have a timeline. Um, We try to, you know, encourage them and give them all the resources we can We still have some clients that's been enrolled since day one that if they need something, they'll contact us. Or we have other clients where it's a daily phone call, you know, did you take your medicine? Or they call because they can't get their medicine because there's an issue with the pharmacy or doctor or refill or it can go from A to Z. It doesn't matter. Whatever the needs are, we try to and you help, them, you help them negotiate through that, too. Correct. Yeah, you know, if they have problems with the pharmacy, if they have problems scheduling a doctor's appointment, you're right there to help them yes. get that done. And we try to let them, encourage them to do it on their own, mm-hmm. but sometimes it doesn't get that far. We have to intervene, but we try. So how many are currently in the program? Um, right now we have it's about 20. About Yeah, say. about 20 active patients that we're... Um, currently seeing. Has this program impacted emergency services delivery? I mean, has it has it made things easier on the street? Yes. Is that a question? And Amber knows the numbers of as far as decrease of 911 calls for the first period and second period. So she could give you those numbers. Right, but they definitely have decreased. All right. And we're going to be talking to Amber after a quick break. So we're going to go ahead and take that break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Amber about all the details in this program and about some very special recognition that this program's got.
Looking to know what's going on in the community? Want to get the latest news and discover incredible things to do in our county? Well, now you can and have it delivered right to your inbox. Subscribe to Charles County Government's e-news and learn about special events and all the amazing things to do in Charles County. Visit www.charlescountymd.gov and click on the envelope to subscribe. All right, welcome back. And joining us right now is Amber Starn from the Charles County Department of Health. And she's here to talk to us about the MIH program, about some details of it, and about some very special recognition it's gotten. Welcome, Amber. Thank you for having me. So I asked Pam how the program had impacted the delivery of emergency services. You've got some numbers on that, don't you? I sure do. So in the first six months that we were uh, implementing this program, there was a 48% reduction in the number of 911 calls among the people who participated in the program. And then in the last six months, we actually just looked at it, and there was a 39% reduction in 911 calls among those individuals. So they're not frequently calling 911. They're not frequently calling 911. So that's showing some indication that this this program is actually working. And and they've seen big decreases in their hospital utilization as well. So we've the, in the last six months, they had a 61% decrease in the number of emergency department visits and um, a 76% reduction in their hospital ad, uh, admissions as well. And nobody had a 30-day readmission at the hospital. Oh, wow. So that, that really comes down. I mean, that, that shows that something's working, that the, that the education is working and the program's yes. actually working. So not only are we getting people into the right forms of care, but we're also saving in, uh, money for the county as well as the hospital. Okay. So from the health department's point of view, and and Pam, I might bounce this one back over to you too, why is a program like this so important to the county? Well, for the health department standpoint, that's just what we do. Um, our job is to improve the health of the county, and that's what we're good at is is that community health. And so I think it was just a really good pair to work with emergency services. We know that they're the people that they trust in their home because we saw that they called often to to 911. So we knew that paramedic was the person that they trusted in their home. And then to pair them with these community and uh, public health nurses in a program that's been established for years that we know works as well was just a really great uh, joining for us. And we've shown that it how effective it can be together, um, kind of now they call it the community paramedicine, um, which is another term that you hear instead of Emma, uh, mobile integrated health care. That's an interesting term. What do you think about that one? Pam? Well, <laughs> I don't consider my job as a community paramedic because they can obviously do a lot more than I can do. But mm-hmm. um, I've been doing this for a long time, so I do have a lot of medical knowledge that Jenny and I bounce ideas off. So... And worst case scenario, we contact their doctor. So I'm going to ask you, how important from emergency services is this to the community? This is very important because, like she said, they trust us. And a lot of clients, I've been doing this for a while, I know them or they know me or um, I've had interaction with them before in the past. So, Yes, I, I understand that completely, having been on the street myself. You do see some of them. Quite often. Yes, the frequent utilizers. <laughs> yes, frequent utilizers, awesome term there. So now, Amber, I'm going to toss this back to you because we kind of touched on it in the beginning, but how did this all start? 
So it was probably about four or five years ago, Chief of EMS, John Filer, came to me with a pamphlet from the Mobile Integrated Health Program in Queen Anne's County. It had just started. It was brand new. And he said, we need to do this. Okay. <laughs> I'd never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Um, so we went to the hospital, and they really loved the idea as well. It took us three years to get it started. It takes a long time by the time that you work with three different organizations that mm-hmm. are trying to implement the same program together and then trying to find funding for it and then making sure every little piece is in order and different organizations hiring. Um, but it took us about three years to do it. And once we finally secured funding, we said, just wait. We promise once we get this started, it's going to work and it's going to work really well. And it has. So we're glad we took the time. Uh, and that we've all worked together and had a piece into it because each of us having that role and responsibility in an area that's our expertise, I think, is what has made it so successful. Yeah, you have you have stats to back it up that it's doing very well, and you also have a few awards. So let's get right into that because this is pretty amazing. Yeah. So tell us how this program has done outside of Charles County. I'm very proud of this team. Over the past year, they've received five different awards. Um, for their for their work, um, they now this been, program. I want, don't mean to interrupt, but it's not quite a year old yet, right? It's about a year and a half old. Year and a half old. Okay. Point. So it started in August of 2017, but they saw results immediately. Um, so they've been nominated and, and accepted awards very quickly. Uh, the first one was the Governor's Customer Service uh, Award. And then after that, they were the Charles County Government uh, Employees of the Quarter, uh, as well as um, the Maryland um, Emergency Services Award for Excellence. Uh, And then their latest ones have been the Health Quality Innovators Award um, at their uh, forum on November 7th, and they received the award for team innovation and and collaboration. That's a nationwide award, right? Uh, That one was a state-level award. And a regional award, but they did uh, receive a national award as well. Um, the National Organization for the State Offices of Rural Health, uh, every year on November 15th, which is National Rural Health Day, they highlight uh, community stars and people who are doing really well in, in rural communities. And we were very uh, proud that all three of our uh, team members for Mobile Integrated Health Care were highlighted um, as community stars on November the 15th. That's that's pretty awesome. Congratulations, guys. Yes. So if anybody is interested looking at those, uh, there is a profile that's available on powerofrural.org. Um, not only are they featured on page 60, but they also made the cover. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very way to go. Well, this is definitely a benefit to the community. It has certainly shown that it can do what it's supposed to do, and it has been nationally recognized. So congratulations on the awards. Thank you. Wish you you. all the luck in the program. I hope it continues to do well, and thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find more great podcasts online at charlescountymd.gov slash podcast. Like this episode? Then head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We can be found under Charles County Government.